0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dragon Cast, the Drexel basketball podcast. I'm Nate, and we got Bill and Leon with us. So I want to spend a little bit of time before we got uh, started on the games because a lot of why I wanted to do this podcast was to talk basketball, and I'm excited to do it. We had a lot of great guests over the offseason. That was awesome, but kind of want to get down to business and get back to talking about basketball. So uh, last week, we were lucky enough to have Coach Chavis and Coach Jennings with us, and you know, just want to spend a little bit of time recapping that. And in particular, uh, you know, um, Leon had, had mentioned. And Leon, you want to kind of tell us about you know the what you picked up on with the positionless basketball, and kind of what you wanted to talk about as far as that went.
1: Yeah, I was I was just a very, a surprised, but at the same time, not too surprised to hear them mention that kind of phrase a lot, positionless basketball, because you know we think about Cam Vendor leaving. We're like, who's going to be the point guard? We are thinking about James Butler leaving. We're thinking, who's going to be the center? But it was curious to see that these guys are thinking more, uh, everybody's got to be able to do everything. And uh, I guess, is that, is that the basic definition, Bill, of what positionless basketball translates to, that everybody does everything, like they, kind of everybody's a KD kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I guess you're kind of just looking for, I mean, the NBA, you get like a bunch of six, eight guys who can... You know, bring the ball up. Who can shoot? Who can do a little bit of everything? I think that's a little bit harder at our level to get those type of guys. Um, but they are doing that somewhat, uh, I believe. With you know, we brought in a bunch of, I mean, Justin Moore I think is sort of like a point guard basically. But um, Bergens is a combo guard. Shane Blake, is a combo guard. Kobe McGee can probably run a little point for you if, if you need it. So that you have guys who can play multiple positions there. Um, I think our you know two through three spots are all interchangeable. They're basically just wings with maybe slightly different responsibilities. But then you have Amari at center. I mean, Amari's not Amari's not running point. Amari's not.
1: I I think he did run the floor on one of those plays. He did
2: pick off a ball and take it the length of the floor. I mean, he
1: <laughs> if you saw him in high school, he
2: he played guard. Basically, uh, it wasn't pretty, but he he played guard as really like didn't. Like him as much as as I should have. It was because he was like shooting threes and dribbling around. It was like he was a big, not that great guard. Uh, But he got to play inside. He's a beast. So I mean, that's what we have in our hands. But yeah, no, I I think we're trying to go that route for sure. But you still need a guy who can bring the ball up. It's nice to have Justin Moore, who is a you know I think a pure point guard. and Amari back there protecting the basket. So, I mean, I think you're going, like, semi-positionless at
1: this point. Did you see something very similar when you did, like, that big... You had up that post and recruit recon with pretty much every player coming in. Did, is that more kind of directionally seem what every program in the CAA is looking like? Uh, more players, like, more combo guards than, say, pure shooting guards or pure point guards?
0: Yeah, I mean, I did see
2: a lot of combo guards coming in rather than pure point guards. And I don't know if that's just like the talent pool that's out there now. Maybe there's just more guys who, you know, are bringing the ball up and they're more specialized on scoring than actually, you know, running, running points. Um, I guess if you're running certain offenses, you really don't need a guy who's just being a floor general. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot more large wings. I'll say like, I feel like when Bruiser was here, like the wing players we would get would be like you know Fauches six three, Phil Goss six foot, um, you know we got Dame and Tavon Allen like they were six 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 seven, but those were like rare, right? Like if you think back to all the wings we've had like maybe six four Mejia, now I just think maybe there's a lot more guys who are six six who can shoot the ball, six five six six. I mean we got a bunch on the roster now, and you look around the CAA and there's a whole bunch of guys in that in that. Um, in that range so like when you have a guy who's 6'6 or like Lamar Oden I guess you can put him at the four if you have a you know 6'3 Chris Fouch maybe you don't want to play him at the four you're going to be more uh, he's going to be more playing strictly two I would think so maybe it's just the talent pool that's coming in these days and how kids are playing Um, also even big men like I think you've seen a lot of big men who can just shoot from the outside, there's, you're kind of losing that post game a little bit, which we've always had here at Drexel. So it's a little weird, but and we do have Omar who's got that post game. So it's, it's nice to see that. I think it could still be effective, but teams seem to be going away from it, um, for some reason or another, but yeah, it's definitely the game of basketball, I guess in general is trending towards more positionless you know, positionless and getting guys who have a variety of skills.
0: I was trying to remember that that part of the conversation, and because and, I remember taking one of the big takeaways I had because I asked specifically was like, do you guys have a way you want to play? And then you know, like because uh, you Spiker when he coach Spiker when he came in, we were advertisers up and down, running gun type coach, and we haven't really seen that. And they said no, it's kind of we have to play the way we need to play with the personnel we have. I and so I took I took a little bit of what they were saying to say we're not going to take a kid and. Or a player and put him in a spot we're going to put him where he's going to be most effective we're going to take advantage of what he does well so that's part of what i i took away from it yeah not and you're right not assigning him as position but more just putting him where he's going to be most effective i don't know if you guys took that away too from the conversation no
2: for sure I, I really like that because you don't really want to reach for guys just to play certain positions you'd rather you know get the best talent you can and kind of build around that like make sure that you're maximizing their talent. So if you get a guy like Bergens, right, Bergens can play a little point. He can also uh, run the, t- uh, you know, play shooting guard. So you got a guy who's versatile and you can play him in both those roles and he can be effective. Um, so if you just took him and tried to plug him in as like the backup point guard and not have him do anything else, um, you know, maybe you're losing some of that value. So I was really happy to hear them say that gives me some confidence that, you know, they're going to always shoot for the best players they can.
0: I do hope though, because I'm, and we'll talk about the women here in a bit, but, you know, seeing the first game and, you know, and, you know, Kylie Lavelle comes to mind right away. I mean, you just watch her play and you think Bailey Greenberg or Holly Mershon. I mean, she's got a long way to go, but she's that body type. Um, You know, you think of NFL teams and the great Belichick teams and they always had that slot receiver who could go underneath and catch passes like you know teams had the certain you know molds of players and they just kind of reloaded with that so you know i like the flexibility then again i hope we start to see some consistency in what type of player coach spiker wants and you know kind of putting that 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 through too so um at least with one or two positions i know you're gonna have to be flexible somewhere but then again i haven't really figured out what what is a Coach Spiker team? What is a Coach Spiker's player? And what is how does he utilize them best? Uh, I don't know if you guys feel that way too.
2: I mean, I think it's changed a little since he's gotten here. I think certain players have made him rethink about who he should bring in at times. I think even maybe like Austin Williams, who kind of really showed that a shot blocker back there can really help him out. Um, and now he has Amari. Amari. Um, and Amari really makes a big difference on the defense, right? Like our defense has gone from bad to pretty good. I think just based on, you know, not just, not just Amari, but having him back there cleans up a lot of errors. And so he started bringing in players like that too. Like Cole Hardgrove was also another shot blocking big. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, changed as he's come in. Um, I think he still wants shooters. You know, I think everybody wants shooters at this point. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's getting there, but he's adapting um as he as he goes along, at least from what I can see.
0: Yeah. And the world definitely more, because you said it's mentioned we always had a big, you would know, see so it's a Bruiser Flint team, we knew what was coming. You know, you had, you know, Elligar and Battle was probably the original one and Crawford didn't do as much of that, but um Sean Brooks, it was just a line of big men. Um so but and it's tough in this role at IL on transfers to to keep that consistency. So um but we'll see how that works out. So um, also I, and, uh, I, and, and saw you guys commented about the, the, the conversation with the DAC. uh, I was impressed. I would say uh, that you know, the comment that we want teams like Penn, like temple to come to us, you know, that they feel like the DAC is a, is a place that, that, that teams should want to play in and that we should make them, we, we shouldn't settle for anything less. So how do you guys feel about that?
1: I think it was Coach Jennings that said it, right. I I loved it. I it was, I, yeah. I, I, I love that he said that. I was like It was like one of those, like, yeah. If you, you if you want to play us, you come to our house. Like, why would you not, right? Like, and for the longest time, we would kind of almost because I guess we felt like the outsider in the big five city schools. We would kind of almost placate these other schools and even play our home games at the Palestra, not just the home games against Penn, but also home games against like La Salle or Nova or, or Saint Joe's. And the, uh, that didn't really change to where it's the latter very end of Bruiser's career. And now with Spiker, it seems to be like, yeah, if you want to play us, come to our house. And with the with the DAC renovations that have happened that I'm sure we'll cover in more detail, uh, <laughs> there's no reason for people not to come to the DAC. And again, it doesn't have the history of the Palestra. It's not as big uh, uh, as the Villanova Arena. Uh, but the DAC is the DAC. It's kind of become its own very unique location in the city. And it has its own vibe. That like, is there an article on the Inquirer about it or something? The Philly Inquirer had an article about the DAC? or am I just imagining that? Rings a bell. I can't remember for sure, but yeah. Try to put it in the show notes if I can find it. But
0: yeah. Uh, so really, the the first game in the quote unquote new deck uh, was the Drexel women's basketball team playing on Thursday night against uh, against Rider. So uh, we ended up winning this game, eighty four to fifty eight. Uh, it was a little close in the in in the beginning, like in the first quarter. And then Kishana Washington just she did what she does is really all you need to say. Uh she had twenty-six points in the first half. She finished with 34 points on 14 to t- 14 of twenty two shooting. And it's just kind of scary to think, you know, you're you're watching her do, you know, score and you're like, Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen, but what about everybody else? Cause I think that's what's gonna make her break this season. And I know for me the biggest thing was was the play of the freshman. Especially Kylie Lavelle at 20 points and efficient, eight of 12 shooting, and then Grace O'Neill at nine points as well, and gave us some really good minutes as a point guard. So uh, we just saw. So, I kind of was alluding to a minute ago. And you, you know, you don't want to set those types of ex- expectations. They're just freshmen; they have a long way to go. But you kind of see them filling the roles of their predecessors, and and it's just the way the the you know the the mill. I guess if you want to use that word works uh at 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 Drexel women's basketball. So um that was an interesting stat too. We we had the thir- you know, were thirteen to one in favor of Drexel. So just forced a lot of turnovers. That was one of my concerns, losing someone like Hannah Hannah Nihil, who pressures the ball so well. And we were still able to force some turnovers. Uh but just a, a a nice first win after last year when they came out and lost their first game kind of out of nowhere. Uh, I was at St. Francis. I'm trying to remember who that random team was and then just went on a run the rest of the year, but, um, impressive game from us. So, uh, but any thoughts that you guys had about it on Thursday? i you said, to play the freshman.
2: I mean, really, uh, I mean, Kyle bell was awesome and, and grace O'Neill really ran the point really well too. I mean, it was just, uh, when you get that type of production in the first game for freshmen, um, I think you have something really to look forward to, uh, Especially, the, I mean, a twenty-point outburst in your debut game is, is pretty impressive. I can't even think of a another freshman that had that on the men's side at least. I'm not sure about the women's side, but um, yeah, no, it was it was a great game. I, I got to watch, um, got to watch it. It was it was pretty much a beatdown. So <laughs> it's fun to watch a nice beatdown once in a while.
0: Yeah, we still, you know, and, and still some upperclassmen like Hyduke. She, I thought she finished strong. And then, uh, you know, looking for our post is going to be important. And uh, I don't think Hedda Satman had her best game, but I I think she can keep getting better as the the year goes on. Uh, So I I think, I think, you know, I I think I saw a comment. We didn't play as many people. I thought we played a fair number. Our rotation was pretty deep. Granted, it wasn't the closest game, but even early on, you know, we, we, you know, kind of, I thought, rotated people in and out. So I think there's a chance for some good
1: depth on this team as the season goes on, so.
0: But yeah, anything else as,
1: uh, as far as the women's game goes? I think, Bill, I'd seen you mention this, and I was just going to bring it up now, because the social media stuff that we did after even the game, even leading up to the game, uh, the one that I think uh, Marshall posted uh, to maybe the Slack channel or something, where they kind of had Kishana being asked if how she felt after dropping that many points. And just, just there's, there's a different level, I think, of uh, not just the quality of production, but also the number of uh, s- social media posts that we we're doing all of a sudden, right? Would you agree with that? or?
2: Yeah. Uh, the quality has gone way up on the social media posts. There's more. I feel like I'm more well-informed on pretty much <laughs> all the Drexel sports at this point. And just the graphics look better. Everything just looks more professional. Um, I think they're doing a great job uh, pre and post game. I mean, they're doing like starting lineups, you know, graphics about the wins after the game. Uh, it's, it's been impressive.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I don't know how you guys feel. As we go through this podcast, we're going to say a lot of good things about a lot of people. A lot of things are, are headed in the right direction, and I, that's part of just to throw this out there, too. You know, I, I liked meeting with different people, having them on the podcast. I also want to make sure people understand. I mean, personally, I'm like, what are you, you guys, Bengals fans or something? I, I don't know what teams you wrote for. I'm a, Ra-
2: I'm a Raiders fan. It's just a sad state of affairs right now.
0: The, the whole NFL kind of stinks anyway, I mean, and even the Eagles are just fortunate because they're playing. The whole league stinks, um, but I bring up a Philadelphia guy. We're gonna say what we like you. We're gonna say what you think you could do better because we always want to do better. So I I don't want to have our guests keep us from kind of sharing our opinions the way that we 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 say what we think. Let's put it that way. But what I'm saying what I'm thinking this t- tonight when I say a lot of good things. Let's put it that way. And um, I, well, I stick to on the women. I, Buckle up to have, you know, one of the best women's basketball players in the country on our roster. And I'm going to throw out there too, you know, Villadova too with Maddie Segrist. You know, she's, I forget, they had a big game Friday night against uh, Princeton, which they won. So you don't have to go far this year to watch women's basketball and really good women's basketball and great players. And I bring that up partially too, because for some reason, our game on Tuesdays at noon, I'm looking at it. I looked at their website to see if it was like an education day. It's not, uh, it's a, a schedule magnet giveaway. So I don't know how many people are going to show up to get a schedule magnet at noon on a Tuesday when it's not a holiday. So um, I don't know, just a little odd with the scheduling. But, uh, but if you can make it out there, I know I can't um, to check it out. Um, but anyway, um, be nice to get a big five win, Albert Atlantic 10 team. We'll see how that goes. So, but anyway, uh, but we'll transition into the, the men's game, so uh, they played on Friday night against uh, an old friend, Old Dominion, and uh, I, I think, I don't know about you guys, I kind of just went in without too many expectations and just tried to kind of enjoy the new Jack, the new atmosphere, the changes, but we were gifted with a win uh, as we won 71-59 uh, to 59, uh, over Old Dominion. First half uh, wasn't pretty, I was and you know you you think back to the old days with Bruiser and, and the CA of Rock Bites as we always always called them. It was thirty to twenty at halftime, but I felt like I was actually surprised we made it to that. I mean, it was just both teams really struggled to score. Uh, and but what the good thing I took away from that is I think Old Old Dominion knew they had bigger bodies and they had bigger players, and they really wanted to try to jam it down our throats in the paint. And we we took the blows and hung in there. Uh, it made them earn it from the line which they couldn't do you know they were 7 of 12 from the line in the first half we were 12 of 18 and then neither team shot the ball really well uh, but we just kind of hung in there when they tried to jam it down our throats and then in the second half we got some big threes from Coltrane kind of right out of the shoot. we forced some turnovers got out in transition and before you knew it we were up double digits biggest lead was 14 and uh Coltrane was four of seven from three. Thought they were all big shots, and then Old Dominion only hit three threes as a team. They were three of twelve all night. So really, our guards in some ways outplayed you know their guards. So um, and had to kind of survive at the end. They made a run at us. We started turning the ball all over all, all of a sudden. We did a nice job, I thought, protecting the ball all game. In fact, night of uh, well, all game, and then in the second half, nine of our thirteen turnovers were in the second half. And kind of let them back in there, but then kind of gained ourselves back and then got, um, you know, kind of closed the game out and picked up the win. So, um, so we'll start. Bill, what are your thoughts? Anything in particular standing out for you about uh, Friday night there?
2: I mean, I thought we had contributions from a nice mix of, you know, returning players and then also the new guys. Um, I mean, Amari, I think, delivered a performance that, you know, we expect him to to deliver this year. What do you have, 16, 11, and three blocks? Um, Impacted a lot more shots than just those three for sure. Um, Then you have Coltrane, who seems like there's high expectations from the coaching staff on him for sure. Um, And he delivered as well. And then you have, you know, Jamie Bergens, I think, played pretty well. I don't think he hitting threes, but he he had a couple post-ups, kind of similar to Xavier
0: Bell. Yeah, it reminded me of that, yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, he ran point when Justin Moore wasn't in there. I think he, did, he thought he did a good job. And then, of course, Justin Moore, I thought, played really well. I mean, he didn't shoot a ton, but he made a lot of really good passes, um, created some open looks for his teammates, didn't turn the ball over too much, and you know was efficient with his shooting. So I think, that, I mean, those guys really stood out to me. You know, I'd like to see more out of Lamar. I think he was a little quiet on the night. Uh, Same thing with Okruz. I mean, I think he's a little too passive at times from three. I don't know why. I mean, he's a really good shooter. I'd like to see him launch shots up a little bit more. But, I mean, overall, you know, we got the win. And uh, a lot of guys stepped up. First game of the year, I, I think I kind of expected us to lose, and we came through and put the game away, and I'm happy with it. The student uh, turnout was really good from what I could see on on TV. So, uh, you know, hopefully that win will help keep bringing people back at least. You know, sometimes when you have a big letdown, maybe people are less likely to return. So I think that was nice
1: from that aspect. The first half, it just looked like we were sticking around, hanging around, right? There was a lot of free throws. The game was a little little wonky where we couldn't really or any neither could ODU get in any sort of flow and uh, you know the pessimist Drexel fan in me was just thinking you know in the second half they're just gonna start hitting their shots and we're gonna probably not be able to keep up with them but the the exact inverse of that happened but if I look at the stat sheet over here like the rebounds we were even they had actually more offensive rebounds than us we had more turnovers it boiled down to the free throw line, and they couldn't. They were really bad at the shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. They went fifty percent, and that I think at times it looked less than fifty, a little less than fifty percent. But that you know, I was not expecting that from an ODU team. That I've come to expect that from a Drexel team. But we actually shot about sixty-six percent on the free throw line. It seemed to have made the biggest difference, and the fact that Amari was a star, like he. I think you already mentioned this, Bill, but the fact that we have Omari just allows our defense to be a little more aggressive, make some mistakes, and still look like we're playing amazing defense because he just comes out of nowhere and is able to get that block or help out. And and Coltrane, in the first half, he didn't get really going because, again, nobody could get going in that first half the way the rest were blowing the whistle. The second half, he looked incredible. The the three-point shots, he didn't have to make too many of them to put us up by as many points. The only thing that was concerning was maybe that five minute of like what the hell's going on here uh, that we couldn't score, they couldn't score but we were able to put them away and uh, I don't know, I was very pleasantly surprised and look at, again, number of players that, everybody's on score points. Every pr- person that played put up points at the game and that's not, I'm, that's a, a little atypical for me to see as a Draxel fan but even Luke House man, he, oh, like talk, talk about Hart that guy, that guy hit a couple of clutch threes but also he was just you, you could tell the hustle he had out there yeah. the little plays thanks for bringing him up not the Drexels opening game i was expecting to see but i'm elated to see it i was very happy to see that kind of showing from the Drexel team and uh hopefully it's a sign of more to come even though Dan try, has uh, already mentioned uh you know first games can be fluky so don't put too much uh, hope on it I- i'm 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 ready to Say, you know, we are we're NCAA bound already. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it really came down to who, you know, in the second half, you, you're watching the first half, like, somebody can score. Who can figure out how to score? And, you know, and I was sitting there, we have these three-point shooters. Like he, you mentioned, Okros and, um, uh, you know, kind of getting some good looks for them. And it would be Coltrane that we got the looks. So I, I, I'm thinking back, was that the coaching staff, that we look for it more? Did we run plays to get them open? But either way, we did a nice job. Getting them enough looks to 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 hit those threes and get us started. Yeah, I'm really glad Land did bring up
2: House too because I forgot about him and it's it's crazy to get that type of contribution from a walk on at this point. And I mean, when we signed him, I really didn't think he was athletic to athletic enough to see this many minutes. And I just think he's. It sounds like he just works his butt off like constantly. Like that's what the, the coaching staff will tell you every time. Like they say he's living in the gym. Um, they call him the machine. I mean, I think it's great to have that guy on a team, even if he's not playing that much. I mean, just to have that type of work work ethic to drive other people, I think is great. Um, but he came on, he can really shoot and he's not as big of a liability on defense as I, as I would think, I think he actually, you know, went out there and wasn't bad. Um, so yeah, no, he, he's a pleasant surprise. It'll be interesting to see if when Blakeney comes back, and it looks like Blakeney is hurt, I'm not sure how hurt he is or if he's sick or something, but he was not he was not dressed for the game um, to see how he fits into the rotation because I do think he'll see some minutes once he gets back. But Luke House definitely looks like he's earning some minutes for sure.
0: We still have a big sample size, of course, of Justin Moore, but I was really impressed. I don't know how you guys felt about
1: him. No, Justin Moore looked good. I, I was uh, disappointed in the first half because I think he got a quick two fouls and he had to go out for a lot of minutes. But the second half, and he actually was able to play a few more minutes. I think he only played what twenty four minutes that game. He he looked good. Like I, again, he did not look like a freshman point guard running his first and in, in a Division one basketball game. He he looked a lot more comfortable out there. He, he was able to get to the basket the few times he was w- you know wanted to. I think a lot of the time he did look to dish the ball and uh, he. He had good vision out there, too. Like, from a point guard standpoint, uh, I I think, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Roland uh, on on the Slack channel that mentioned it. Like, I think, uh, you know, he seems to be, like, suiting right into our usual uh, point guard kind of position that we have for four years at a stretch over here at Drexel.
2: No, I mean, I thought he played really well, too. I mean, he can take people off the dribble. He's really efficient with the shooting. You know, he's distributing the ball. He's creating for his teammates. Uh, I mean, like you said, the fouls is the only thing you don't like to see. And especially, like, they weren't, like, overly aggressive on the ball defending. I think two of them were on three-pointers. So, I mean, that's just, like, a, a mistake that you, you know, it's, he's a freshman. Um, but other than that, he played he played really well. He came up huge for the team. And hopefully he continues to develop and grow as the year goes on.
0: You know, I really liked his passing ability, and, and I'm not – comparing him to I, you always need to be careful and definitely after one game again saying oh they're, they're the next cam or they're there so that i actually in a sense so felt i think that bill you mentioned before he I've, like kind of pass first you know i really i, I think i want to say his passing ability has the potential to be even better than cam's down the road i mean it's, it's a long way to go but i mean yeah i liked every part of his game honestly so
2: yeah i, I would agree with that nate and it's crazy to say because i think cam's like third all-time on our and they assist list Drexel, but um, I think he has that type of potential. Like when I saw him play in high school a number of times, like there was games where he didn't really even score early on, and he was still dominating just by you know, distributing to his teammates and creating open looks. So hopefully we'll see more and more of that.
1: And I think one thing that helped is I guess they went 0 for 5 from the three-point line in the second half. When, when that happens, I guess, you try to go for the easy bucket. And one thing that I... The biggest difference I noticed from the years of your with, uh, with Spiker is that there was no easy buckets to be found. Like, there, there, was, there, there, there was maybe one play where somebody blew an assignment, but most of the time, even if somebody blew an assignment, there was no easy path to the basket for them to finish. And the fact that they couldn't get any easy points inside just continued to force them to try to make difficult shots, and they couldn't get a flow going at any point. I guess then their best player is Makai Long. Is that supposed to be their best player? Allegedly, uh, yeah. Yeah, he like he he didn't he had two points. I, I don't know, if, Bill. If you noticed, maybe there was some shutdown D being played on him, but it just seemed like they couldn't get their offense going at any point. And I don't know how much of that had to do with not being able to make some of those, you know, three point shots, so you could actually kind of. Sh- stretch the defense a little bit or what it was but it, I don't know what you noticed maybe you noticed something different
2: no I mean I, I would agree the defense looked really good and like you said earlier Amari you know cleans up a lot of mistakes so I mean you allow you allow your guards your wings whoever to play up play more aggressive defensively and if you do blow an assignment, you have you know six head monster back there ready to throw it back in someone's face so it's it's, it's nice the only thing that I think we did struggle with was the offensive boards, right? Like, I think they, they killed us on the offensive glass, and that's the only easy buckets they had. If we could have prevented them from getting some of that, those offensive boards, it's even more of a blowout. Because um, that's really, like you said, they were struggling otherwise. That's really the only easy buckets they were getting was on offensive rebounds, tip-ins. Um, and I don't know if that's, I mean, Amari grabbed 11 rebounds. I guess we just need, you know, someone else to, help prevent those
1: guys from getting those those offensive rebounds yeah they definitely had way way more second chance points than us and more points in the paint like it it doesn't feel like with all those stats they should have lost the game and and it it, but and the second half we really just dominated ODU there was they couldn't get anything going and we we had a couple of great shots and the refs actually you know uh let the teams play a little bit and I'm very pleasantly surprised to dispatch an old rival, old CA rival, uh, you know, back uh, uh, to send them back packing. So it, it was a great way to start the season. and Hopefully, we can keep that momentum going. Uh, is is there any player that you... I know you mentioned Lamar Odin, right, Bill? Like, you were maybe expecting to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, do you think that was just because of, from a minute standpoint, or do you think he... I thought the first... 10 minutes of the game, I thought he played great when he was in there, but I didn't, just didn't see him do too much in the second half. And I know he only played like 19 minutes. Maybe it was just that he couldn't get anything going. Because he's definitely a player I think we were all hoping to make a leap this year for us to be good, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's in, he was in foul trouble for some of the games. So that's probably why he was, his minutes were as limited. Um, but just one of those things you you don't know because you're trying to get a transition from a guy who's basically you know, shooting open jump shots um, because he's not the focus of the defense to a guy who's now got to step up and maybe be a little bit more of a focus. Um, maybe not. I mean, with all the players who, who stepped up in this game, but uh, but to see if he can, you know, do that. And I don't think he hit any threes, right? I think he had only, what, he had four points? Yeah, he only had four points. I mean, it was a couple nice takes inside. I thought he, he, did, he did well, you know, scoring around the hoop. He just didn't hit him from three. Um, but maybe he couldn't get in the rhythm. Um, uh, with all the fouls and you know first game, we'll see how it goes. I- I'm hoping he can be more productive as the year goes on.
0: And I want more consistency. And you know, I think our big issue last year is you'd have a guy yeah, out and would have he lighted up one game, or guy would go for and I'm I'm you know thinking a guy maybe score thirty points one night and then have nothing the next night, and this is up and down. So and you you hope a guy like Justin Moore – who runs the offense and kind of looks for people and gets them in good spots, you know, you could take advantage of, you know, people every night and what they do well. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully we see some of that. I
2: mean, I was a little surprised. I didn't see any of, um, you know, Yame Butler. I thought maybe he would play a little bit. Um, Kobe, I think is going to struggle to see some minutes with how many wings we have. Um, and then it looks like Garfield Turner's really the primary backup to, um, to at this point, right? Like we didn't see any Cole Hargrove. We saw no Terrence Butler. Um, so I don't know if that's going to, if that'll change over the course of the year. I mean, it probably will matter on, you know, injuries and, you know, who's playing well, but, um, and like I said, Blakeney has to fit into that rotation too. So I just don't know how much of those guys will see. Like if Blakeney comes back and, um, Unless we see some sort of injury, it was just interesting. Interesting to see who played and who didn't. Um, like I said, the only one that was unexpected for me was was Yama Butler a little bit. I thought he would play. I thought he'd at least see some minutes. Oh, um, and what, one more thing I want to talk about before we move on to anything else is is the game day atmosphere there. Um, I didn't make the game, but watching on on flow, the most noticeable difference to me was the lighting. I thought the game looked more like, like a professional arena with the new lighting. Um, I mean, they showed the scoreboards, the, you know, the video boards some, but, you know, just from watching online, it seemed to me that it was just it just had a more professional vibe to it. You could tell, like, during timeouts, you know, the lights were going down. And there was some, like, spotlights going around. It was just, it just seemed much more uh, professional grade than what we've had before. I know prior we couldn't even – dim or turn the lights off they took like 20 minutes to restart them or something ridiculous so we were pretty much stuck, stuck with them design all the time um but that stood out to me i know we had a good student crowd too a good student turnout you know so i, I think i hope that we're building something here and just
1: an overall more
2: professional
1: outfit that filament uh in the in those light bulbs took a long time to warm <laughs> up bill and once they once they were warm they stayed warm for a long time yeah you could you couldn't dim them or turn them off no you you're absolutely right though. the the uh, even watching the game uh on on TV you could tell it was it, the student section looked packed so that was great like, it looks sounds like the attendance about 1919 19, was 1919 people in there seemed like the best attendance uh better attendance than any game from even last year so looked like we, the people came made it out to the game and uh the uh, the screens that we have the video boards the little uh like dragon with a what looks like dizzy eyes that they put in the background when they're shooting free throws so it it seemed like you know like an actual basketball arena for once and not a high school gym that we've gotten used to and that had its own kind of energy but it it was nice to see that and hope it's always nice to get a win the first game right like it, when you have that many people there it, it's really disheartening when you when you walk out of there yeah, hanging your heads with, after a loss. So I was just glad to see that wasn't the case. And hopefully that means that translates that, he, you know, to, to more attendance in the next game at the pen game. And, uh, we, we were two and a half point underdogs going into the game. So it's, it's, this is a big win. Uh, and, uh, again, it's, it's only the first game, but, uh, at, at least we got the, you know, it's every, one game at a time, right? You guys were talking to, uh, coach Jennings and coach I about like games, down the line and they were like we're just thinking about ODU and you can tell why now almost because they Dan was I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> they were focused in on this game and you know I think it uh, made made a difference because uh, you know we got a big win here but the atmosphere is great I don't know what do you think about the atmosphere it... yeah and no, I think you just put it perfect that
0: it felt like an actual normal basketball game beyond going to see your high school play you know you could add up all the things you know like I mean my daughter picked up the Mario with the the eyes with the swirls and that you know uh whatever you call it rolling whatever which will work more towards the student section because there's the two sideboards if you're if you're coming towards calvin's end you can't really um they probably can't see it at the line but you know my kids were on the dance cam um you know they had you know like a student running promotions at you know at timeouts uh you know, they had the ticket promotion to get in, and I, I don't, I haven't followed up on the winter hat. Apparently, there was some kind of winter hat giveaway. Um, by the way, the concessions weren't bad. I think it was like three dollars for a hot dog, which you know these days is pretty cheap. So, still not what necessarily what you want to pay, but you know, we were kind of at a pinch, so we we bought hot dogs for the kids, so it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, no, it's and and I think yeah as much as people pumped up the scoreboard, I completely agree the lighting was what made a difference for me and i I, I didn't want to get too political tonight, but I'm thinking there was a certain debate with a certain candidate who fortunately is recovering from a medical issue and uh, and I was less worried about that. the fact that his top boat top button of his suit jacket wasn't buttoned, and I was kind of like, you know if you have someone who is having some other issues, you know, make his tie nice, you know, get his suit buttoned up because you look at the guy next to him perfect tie perfect coat looks you know so put together um or don't even try to show up in your hoodie and shorts you know but but basically if you're gonna try to do it right and yeah i feel like we're closer now to actually doing it right so to speak and and then exactly like you said too to have a win on top of that uh yeah let's face it you know these days people want to get behind winners i mean i am guilty with the phillies probably to some sense you know it certainly doesn't Hurt that that they won and got successful at the end of Philly. People are like, "Well, where do all these people come from in the playoffs?" Well, they're in the playoffs. You know what I mean? It makes a difference. So, um, so that helps. So, yeah, really, you know, Greg and Maisha and everyone else who we've had on, just great job. And and you hope it, it continues, and I, I know it will. Like we got good people in place.
2: I saw another good use of the scoreboard uh, on social media, though, it was with uh, Damien Lee coming back to the deck. Um, I think they put like welcome back up on the board and had him there. It made, it made for a really cool photo shoot, I guess. And I, uh, I hope next year, maybe, I think, if his schedule plays out, like it would be nice to have him at the DAC for a game. I know it wasn't, it just didn't work out, um, with his schedule this year. I don't think, at least. I, um, I don't know if they play the Sixers again, uh, down the road, but, uh, it would be nice to, like, you know, show his highlights up there and, uh, and have like a big intro for him while he's actually at the game. Like I think when he came last year and I think there's an announcement, but other than that, like you barely, you barely knew he was there. So having like something like that where, you know, doing something like trip, a tribute video or something could be big and, um, you know, the video board could play to that.
0: You just added to the list of things we we're doing that we didn't do before. You know, I saw Sammy Gibbons was there, Robert Battle was there. So hopefully they're feeling more welcome to come back, you know, and, and as I'm thinking of other things we did, well, you know, it was Veterans Day. They had the you know, the promotion. I, I don't know how many people took advantage of the free ticket, but at halftime, you know, it, it, we got to go out and I was worried I'd be the only one out there, but they, they must have linked up with the veterans group on campus. They had a nice group that went out at halftime and that went well. They recognized the women's basketball team. You know, you go to Penn State football game and at the media timeouts, they'll bring out the other teams and recognize them in the end zone so again it's stuff you saw everywhere else that you'd ever saw at drexel and it's about time that it it goes on here so
1: that's awesome that's awesome and now that now that we're fully on talking about the video board i think uh some of you guys and then bill you watching off flow sports i was watching on NBC sports in the halftime there was a nice five minute featurette just talking about the DAC renovations i'm going to try to find it online somewhere and try to see if i can put it on the show notes but it had uh, Coach Spiker, Coach Mellon, uh, Coach, uh, Az- I think the wrestling coach, I- I'm going to mispronounce his name probably, Coach a- Azevedo, and uh, the athletic director, Manisha Kelly, all talking about how this had been a long time coming, kind of making these improvements to the DAC and how much uh, they hope that uh, you know, it's going to change uh, kind of the atmosphere of the DAC and, uh, and hopefully bring more people on, you know, more engaging for fans that are there. So did, did they like, did they, you said they did some fan cams, uh, Nate, um, on on Friday. So did, uh, it it did seem even on the NBC sports, like kind of feed that they were like focusing in on more fans and they were reacting to it. I'm assuming that's what was also probably shown on the big video board maybe, because it was almost like, you know, what you typically see at a sporting event where people see themselves on the big screen and then have big reactions to it. People love to see themselves up on the screen. (laughs) Some people. I don't think everybody does. Well, I
2: mean, if you're caught doing something, you shouldn't be maybe, but most, yeah. most people like to be up on the screen. And I think in the DAC, you could show everybody. Everyone yeah. could be up on the screen at some point. You go to a Phillies game, you might not get on that board. Uh, at the DAC, everyone could be on the board.
0: Oh, no. I, yeah, I was just, I like having my kids up there. I don't like being up there, but yeah, getting my kids up there is fine. So, and they made it. Yeah, no. It, bottom line, can't say enough good things. And I think just a good atmosphere down there. So, um I did what I and, and Leon you made a comment. What happened on the old Dominion message boards? Because that brings back memories too. I took a peek just to see.
2: Um it seemed like it was mostly just self hating on their team. I didn't I didn't see too much stress. One person said like they used to dominate us like when they were in the conference, but then some other guy corrected them. He was like the, the record was twelve and nine. Like it wasn't like they were just beating the crap out of us every time. Like it was actually a pretty good pretty good rivalry. I mean, I remember those games being pretty good.
1: I, I do remember losing to them a few times in the in the tournament. I think in the tournament they always seem to have our number, uh, except for that one year, of course, when we went all the way. To battle. I think
2: there's a lot of years where a lot of teams had our number. <laughs> That's
1: true. Throughout the uh, Delaware Townsend, no, yeah, years. every they're team, every they're team they're ever the we CA. played, yeah, whoever we played. I mean, yeah, it
2: was. Uh, we'd always bring our A game in the tournament back in the day. That has actually changed under Spiker. I feel like we're you know, actually winning games that we should be and not losing the first game of the year,
0: first game of the uh, tournament. I just remember, their, I felt like their fans were always maybe the most angry, you know, VCU fans were just a little bit, and you can even see it on the, like, if I watch a VCU game on TV, it's like, uh, you know, a guy gets called for a foul, and you can see the whole section behind him standing up, screaming at the raft. So they're, like, just kind of overly, I, I don't know what the right word is, but the, some of the OD people seem kind of angry, but probably because George Mason had their run, VCU had their run, and they were kind of left out. So maybe that was part of it. But, but it was I I was sitting there. I'm like, yeah, this is old Dominion. Yeah, it kind of occurred to me right, you know, as we we're watching warm-ups. Yeah, this is cool having them back. So it's a big win to beat them, you know. So, but either way, um, so I, I guess uh you yeah, I, I wanted to kind of spend the balance of time here uh talking about this game on Tuesday night and and more uh, you know I honestly I don't know I I didn't get to, the only thing I know about Penn is well they're 0-3 they actually played Towson this afternoon and it, I didn't I think it's ESPN plus game so I didn't get to watch it and they lost Towson was up I mean I want to say double digits most of the game it looked like Penn closed uh, closed the gap a little bit at the end but either way Towson went into the plus room and beat them today I was listening to the game Friday on the way home they played Missouri um so I know is it and hopefully getting his right name right. Jordan Dingle, their guard, seems like kind of their standout player. Um, but we'll, we'll first of have you guys? What do you guys know about Penn? Have you watched him at all? I know I really haven't, but um, they played a tough. I mean, Iona's is a good team out of that conference. Although Hoster beat Iona on Friday night, I watched a little bit of that game on Flow. But um, but either way, I think of Iona being a decent team. So they played a pretty tough schedule so far. Anything? Any thoughts on Penn? At least from the an X's and O's personnel standpoint. I, I don't know too, too much. I did
2: watch part of the Townsend uh, Penn game tonight um, just to see what was going on. And you and Dingle took over at one, at one point, that's kind of what brought them back in. I think he had zero points in the first half and he ended up with 22 um, really closed the gap on, on Townsend in the second half there, but um, you know, they pulled it out. Uh, who knows? I mean, it's always going to be a good game with Penn. I think there's been years where we, I thought we were way more talented than them and then we would go over to the Palestra and, and lose. Um, so you, you never know uh, what's what's going to happen there, um, especially when we have this team that's kind of, you know, it's a new team. Um, they're still, it's still early uh, for sure. So I, I'm not sure what to expect, but hopefully it'll be a good game. It's at the DAC. I'm really unhappy that I don't think I'll be able to make this one either because those games were, were always fun. Uh, yeah, for sure.
1: I, I- I, I don't know much about the you know pen as a talent for this year. I, is is this the first time we we're playing pen under Spiker? I don't think we played pen right yet, or I don't know. I feel like it's been a while. It Have uh, been? And I think we've been waiting to get pen on the or trying to get pen on the uh, schedule for a little bit. I, mean, I could be wrong, but either way, anytime we play pen, uh, the fact that this is only they're going to be their second time, right? It's their second time coming to the DAC and we've been playing them since I think somebody put this up since the 1920s not that we've uh we've only played them it sounded like 20 times but still the fact that we this is only the second time and the first time it took them to, uh, you know it took us to get on ESPN for them to come out. it was an ESPN game at 10 a.m uh you know in 2008 that I remember pretty vividly just because uh we were too cheap to get a hotel room and we dro- d- drove down from North Jersey <laughs> And luckily, Bill used to work at the Pico Building uh, down right on nine, what is it, 23rd Street? Bill, is that uh-huh. where it is? Uh, and uh, he was able to buzz us in, and we just slept in the car. So, <laughs> so and then walk over, walked over to the game in the morning at 10 a.m. And they're, they're, and I think uh, Falcone posted uh, a clip in the Slack channel about you know, uh, you know just just a sheer like almost disrespect, right, as, as for to uh, Drexel from Penn that they wouldn't even bother. Like, we'd go there and, and uh, for the, our home game, and we'd, we'd go there for a away game to the Palestra to play Penn, which, which was ludicrous. I'm, I'm glad they're coming this year. And, uh, and it's. I don't know, is the battle for... Thir- you remember there used to be a trophy for the battle for 33rd Street that I think Falcone... I got to ask him about... Like, this is... It's just a to me, every time we play them, it's just because they're so close to us. Uh, it, it, it's... It's a fun rivalry game. It was it was fun. Even we would occasionally win at the Palestra against uh, against the Penn team because there, I don't know. There's something about really sad Penn fans that still makes me happy, I guess. And uh, and we would sometimes. I, there's so many stories. I, I'm thinking about like the Big Five Classic that used to happen back in the day, and we'd be going to Penn, and the Penn ticket lady would try to boot us from our seats that entire DAC was sitting in that we <laughs> we literally not, like again, we were students, so I think we got the tickets for free at the time. But it was like we we were sitting in the seats we were supposed to sit in, and we'd still get kicked out of there because we were being uh, maybe a little too rowdy. But the Penn he- fans wouldn't be held to that same standard. So
2: I think that was supposed to be a home game for us too, Leon. Like that was supposed to be our home game, and they were trying to boot us out of our own our own seats from our home game.
1: So it, it, it's it's never it, it's a it's a team that I always enjoy. Uh, beating so i'm hoping we bring our a game I, I will be there and you know and i i i, I hope we bring our a, i hope it you know again after that first game i hope the student section's packed again uh so it, it should be a fun fun game i hope i know there was a marshall posted some uh, pictures of all the old rollouts for that 10 a.m espn game i hope we have they, their star player's name is dingle did I hear that right? I think I think uh, the DAC back should be able to work something with that. Uh, but so I, I hope they bring their A game, and, and you know uh, we get we send Penn back into the other side of Chestnut uh, Street.
0: Yeah, I guess I, I hadn't thought. Well, first of all, I I mean I love these kind of games. I, I remember conversations on all message boards that I talk about, you know, the the playing your your local teams, your the, the guys down the street. I know people would say it's not that big of a deal. I mean. I I I don't know. I feel like these are the kind of games that sports are based on. You know, Eagles, Cowboys, Yankees, Red Sox. You know, and and you know, and admittedly, we've you know, it was interesting. We were walking out of the game on Friday night. My son, who's eight, you know, he. he and I think I said to him, "Like, man, I'm excited for that Penn game." And he's like, "Well, who's who's Drexel's rival?" And I'm like, "We, you know, we don't. I mean, we call them rivals, but I don't know that they really are. You know, Delaware. Like, you ask somebody on Delaware's campus." Are they really going to worry about Drexel? No. And honestly, even Penn, um, you know, I don't know that that they're going to get too wound up. But 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 then again, I was like, I, I said to him, I'm like, and I pointed we were coming down 34th Street towards like, you know, where you get on the subway to cross over to Wawa to the parking garage. And I pointed, you know, basically to the next block down the street. And I'm like, Evan, that's Penn right there. And then I was like, and you see where we parked our car. And I'm like, you go across in this, in this garage and you go across the that alley, that's Penn's parking garage. So I was like, I have a bad arm and I could throw something on the Penn's campus from here. And I was like, you know, you can't get a closer rivalry anywhere in the country. So, I mean, and, and for all these things you talk about, you know, that again, it's like, oh, we're Penn and, and you, know, you can't not feel like an underdog, you know, going against those guys and. Uh, they think they're better in their Ivy league and whatnot. And we've all been successful getting our Drexel degrees. So, you know, and, and you have to know if, if, if we beat them, it's going to get under their skin a little bit and they won't admit it, but you know, it'll bother them. So just, this is what being a fan of a college team is about. And even though they might, they might not act like they care uh, it, we can make this a big deal. I hope it's a, a full house. I hope people are wound up for the game. And I, I'm just really looking forward to it. I hope it's a night that the students, like you said, that they remember, because unfortunately they haven't had that type of night. And then, and again, it, it's something across college sports too. I feel like the rivalry isn't what it used to. Like Texas, Texas A&M went away because they changed conferences and that sort of thing. Kind of taking rivalries for granted. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm excited. I hope everybody else is because, you know, it, it could be a great night on Tuesday, so
1: on nbc sports again right i think this game is being aired so you you know hopefully more and more people can make it but it's also on the local sports channel like two two uh, philly teams playing each other it's it's, it should it should make for a fun fun evening
2: putting that flow money to use right at least we're getting some local tv games up it seems like they got a bunch I, i forget what the number is but it's uh it's more than i remember previously um how that pays off for you, I'm not sure, but I, I like to see that it's on you know, TV that people can watch.
0: There's always that debate, at least related to you know, flow with sprint car racing out here. People are like, is it keeping people from going to the game? If they could sit at home and watch a race on flow, are they going to not go to the game? But I feel like you, know, you live in Philly and you can take public transportation. It's pretty easy to get down there. So I don't think it'll have too much of an impact, but more... People, yeah, maybe they can't de- get down there on a weeknight and they're tuning in that way. But I still expect... We still have a chance to have a big crowd and I hope people come through. That's all I'm saying.
1: And, and I, I think we're here recording on a, on a Sunday. Hopefully get this out on Tuesday morning. But before we record next, we're also going to play uh, the powerhouse that is Arcadia. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's just hope we... Uh, that game just uh, gets forgotten about as soon as we play it. But I think the women you mentioned La already, right? That we play, and we also play at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore before we record again. I, I know based on your uh, hope uh, for this year, Nate, that's gonna we're we're gonna be three and zero by then. But uh, did you have any thoughts on? Uh, I know you mentioned a little bit of the La game, or about the La game and the Maryland Eastern Shore game at all, or?
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about those teams, so I just hope I can watch them. Hopefully I can get there Saturday. And like I said, Arcadia beat us, or was it, were they the ones that beat us, or was that USP? I'm trying to remember. One of those teams beat us, right? I
1: thought it was USP. One think. or
0: the other. It wasn't a good look, so. No. Um, just to say, I, I remember, and I'm not a junkie like Bill. Bill does a great job researching, but I think I looked up, uh, you know, like uh, Arcadia, and they had one player who was, like, on a first team, you know, so at least whatever Mac conference they're in, they've got some good players at that level. So yeah, we we uh can't take them too lately. But hopefully it is a, a get right game or, or continue to get better game. Let's put it that way, depending on how Tuesday goes.
2: I mean, you hope that type of game is a blowout and get some players more run than they would typically get. Um, I don't know. That's that's uh, about the best <laughs> the best I can hope for is that you know some players who don't get minutes get those minutes so they can at least showcase what they could possibly do. I don't know what else to take away from those type of games. If you, if you, if you don't blow them out, it looks bad. If you lose, it looks really bad. Um, there's really nothing that great to take away
0: from it. It's I can't, can't say it enough. I know I'm not the most excitable guy, but um, I am very excited for Tuesday and I hope everybody comes out and is ready to go. Cause I hate Penn and I want to win that game. So. We all do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's beat Penn.
0: All right, we'll see you guys see you guys next week, hopefully with a few wins.